kick presented by Cedar Sinai. Shifty work into the box. And the cross, it's in! Oh, it's LaRue! It's a dream return! Welcome to Casual FC, an Angel City preview pod. But today, we're your soccer terms class. I'm your host, Angela Morales. With me, ever IT technical man, my <laughs> co-host, Mario Salazar. And today, our two special guests, the actual and infamous Angel City Chicks, Nina and Amanda. Pam, 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 pam. What's up, Angel City? We are so excited to be here today to do this epic cross pod uh with you both i cannot wait to get into this i feel like i'm gonna probably end up learning a lot along with all of our listeners as well nina's always teaching me about all things soccer so this is gonna be a lot of fun that's right we're crossing it over having fun teaching a master intro class here with our other favorite podcasters (laughs) of course thanks for having us oh yeah thank you so glad to have you guys and yeah, thank you for uh, joining us. This is going to be a great little uh, soccer explainer. As if you've been following us on on socials, we've been throwing out little like, you know, I have a I have the the, the Chris Pratt meme from like Parks and Rec where it's like I don't I'm too afraid too afraid to add now, but you know there's there's plenty of there's plenty of people that I meet in the stadium that are there for the first time or yeah are there for the first time and watching soccer for the first time. So that's what gave me the idea of like, hey, we should probably do this like evergreen, you know, soccer terms just to be like, you know, if you if you're embarrassing, you don't want to ask your friend to be like, what does this mean? You've got us to help you out and then you can be full of knowledge when you go to those games or you watch it at the bar with your friends. Definitely. So like Mario said, this is for the newbies, the casual fans and basically anybody who just wants to learn more about the nitty gritty so when we're like any of the four of us are referring to any random soccer term that you're like what you can just come back to here we're like your glossary yes (laughs) the glossary is a great thing (laughs) all right our last episode in this series of soccer terms we're calling this one 103 i think we're gonna delve we only have two real things to talk about on these but we're gonna delve a little deeper onto this so Hopefully you learned something. I know I will. The two requested things that I got when I was posting up like, hey, what do you want to know about? Or what do you, what would you like explained? The two things I got were offsides, which we did in the last episode, and VAR, which most of this episode will be, but we'll get to that eventually. First, you might have heard some terms about players and their numbers on the field that don't necessarily match up the number that they have. Nina, please enlighten us on all of Please, that. Nina. Nerd out. <laughs> I don't, all right. This is the thing, honestly, I can't, I'm so excited because this is the thing I, I never know when they're like, oh, he's playing a number six or, oh, he's in the, he's an eight. I'm like, well, no, I don't understand, Nina. Make it make sense. I will make it make sense for you. And we're going to boil it down to back in the day. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we're but boiling I, it down to back in the day because back when soccer started and it originated, the numbers on the back of the jersey thing 
those actually correlated with something. It wasn't your birthday. It wasn't your favorite number. It wasn't your lucky number. It wasn't your mom's birthday. It had to do with what position do you play? And that has now transitioned into tactics. So the positions are all still numbered. Where you stand on the pitch, what your role is, has a number to it. Your goalkeeper is number one. They are in the back and you build out from there. The number two and number three position are going to be your outside backs, the right and left. Then your four and fives are your center backs. Your number six is your defensive midfielder, your defending mid, your holding mid. They're the ones who are going to really start a lot of these tactics. They're going to be able to hold the ball. They're going to have very technical, accurate passing styles. They're going to be strong in the air. That was kind of our Savannah McCaskill before she abandoned us and decided to join the dark. <laughs> started hating her. Then you've also got your number eight. And yeah, you're like, Nina, that's not how you count. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Calm down. We'll get there. (laughs) Your number eight is going to be your center midfielder. Amanda's favorite term, your midfielder (laughs) in the center. The center mid is going to be able to really run, you know, them and your, your wing backs, your outside backs, your two and three. They're doing a lot of distance running. They're going to be able to also play the ball out the same way your defensive mid would, but they're also going to be more of your playmaker. Now, going backwards in numbers, you've got your 7 and 11. These are going to be the wingers that press up outside of those center backs. They're working front. They're going to provide that flank service. Think about Jasmine Spencer. Think about how she would always run down the side, incredibly fit, could run for days, very strong in her 1v1 abilities, and good long-range service. Also think Allie Riley, all those people who are crossing it in a lot. A lot of the times we know they were playing in the back, and that's where the tactics come in. But now let's talk about two really big numbers that you hear a lot, the number 10 position and the number 9 position. Your 10 is going to be your attacking center midfielder. Their ability to finish is unprecedented. They put the ball in the back of the net. They create those final third opportunities Nina, the goal, the game is set into two halves. What are you talking about thirds? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that 18-yard box, that penalty area that Panda was talking about. The penalty area is considered that final third. So your 10 is the one who is going to be able to make all of those plays and finish through that final third. And then your number nine player. That person is the player with the ability to play the ball with their back to the goal. They're incredibly creative. They are the one that's going to receive it and play it off to the 10. They can also finish on their own, but they're going to be able to hold a little bit up at the top. All right. That did that resonate with you? <laughs> I think I think I got it. Before when you're done with all this, I, I have a question for you both. So okay. just keep going. So is it is the the this is the first time that I've heard someone explain the the numbers from starting from the back, which is really interesting. Is is this why when you hear formations, you hear them as like the four three three or the or the three three or the four two three or so uh, yes four, two, three, no. two. yeah. Let's talk tactics because what you're looking at, we've talked about parking the bus. And when we said parking the bus, we're saying like you got seven in the back. Ignore the keeper in these situations. When we're talking about formations, 
we kind of ignore the fact that the keeper is there. The the keeper stays where the keeper goes. Like the keeper doesn't play around the field. You can't have more than one keeper. It doesn't matter. They're always a one. (laughs) So a 4-3-3 would be four defenders, three midfielders, and three attackers. A 4-4-2 would be four defenders, four midfielders, two attackers. So you always build defense up. Now, the roles that these position and these numbered positions play changes based on your tactic. So if you're going to play a 4-4-2, you know, the number six role does change a little bit. The number 10 role changes a little bit because you only got two at the top. When you play at three at the top, that's when you're going to look for that attacking midfielder to really push up and be more of a playmaker. Does that follow? (laughs) Yes. I'm guessing, though, the numbers that you're assigning to these players is all based off of a very common 4-3-3. Is that correct to say? Yeah, the 4-3-3 and the 4-4-2 are probably the most common playing styles. Now, as you get more intricate, you're going to come up with people using these numbering systems to, you know, designate whether someone's position is more attacking or more defensive. So, for example, when we say 4-4-2... Really, you're looking for those two in the midfield to really be runners on the wings. They're going to be going all the way up, all the way back. They're going to be playing end line to end line. Whereas in a 4-3-3, it's a more defensive tactic. You're not necessarily pushing up as much because you're relying on those three attackers to maintain a high front. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll let you continue. Let's play for extra points. False okay. nine. <laughs> we'll start talking about, oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> False nine. False nine. Really. <laughs> so if you're playing in the number nine position, remember, you're playing very far forward. You're the top person. You're usually got your back to goal. You're able to turn on the ball, take on one-on-ones. You can finish, but you can also play the ball out. Now, if you're playing in that false nine, you are trying to lure and stretch the defense. You're going to drop as deep as possible so that you can stretch out your teams to avoid that offside call potentially by luring their defense back. You're going to overload the opponent's midfield. So that way you can really truly play with space. Because remember in soccer, you've got a limited amount of space and you're trying to make a lot of things happen. And a lot of people are good runners, unlike myself. They're training with Panda on the weekends for her marathon and (laughs) going to cover ground. So by stretching the field, we're able to make more things happen. So when you got a false nine, you have somebody who's not necessarily in the nine position and they're playing as deep as possible to stretch that field. (sighs) My goodness. So much. So confusing sometimes, but you make it a lot easier, Nina. So thankful yes. for that. My question for you is, I I think it helps if people have maybe uh, faces with numbers. So my question okay. to you is, are there any other players that you feel like fit their number roles that you're like, they are definitely playing, you know, that position as they should? Like, I mean, take like Alyssa Thompson. You said you you consider her what, like an 11? I, I consider her like a 10. A 10? Yeah. You she can go 10? those strong one-on-ones. Uh, there is one person I never want to see in a one-on-one situation. Her name is Alyssa Thompson. Yeah. Because I will get nutmegged every time. 
Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, just, you know, like I said, just some food for thought, just trying to connect, you know, these players, you know, these numbers and all of this information with actual players and how they play. And, you know, you did that really well in your explanation of it by, you know, talking about Jasmine Spencer, by talking about Savannah McCaskill when she was with us. And then I think another name that you always mention a lot is Danny Weatherholt. Ooh, I love me some Danny. What do you consider her position on the team? Oh. Okay, so the, one of the reasons I love Danny Weatherholt and I go off the deep end on her is because I she is a very strong holding midfielder, which is a position I haven't necessarily mentioned. So holding midfielders can be considered defensive midfielders, but they are players that are able to see the play and to avoid having the ball taken away from them. They are going to wait until everyone gets in position and then they're going to drop it on a dime to the correct person. So she would be considered somewhere between a six and an eight. A lot of the times the defensive and the center midfielder will switch off a little bit. You also have your 10, your attacking midfielder, but Danny would be a solid six or eight, usually an eight because she's not dropping back to defend as much. She's playing a little higher forward, kind of like you're, if you're doing AYSO, you think like a sweeper versus a center back. There's someone who can take the ball, but she's also going to be kind of a playmaker in that middle role. So you really count on them to be kind of your first line of defense, but also your first moment for attack. Oh, I love that. And yeah, I do love Danny Weatherholt. Uh, I hate that she had such a controversial play at the very first game at home last season. It was her alleged foul that called back that goal from June Endo, which to this day, I will die on a hill that... That we will not, all die on that hill. I will die on that hill that that wasn't a foul. And that kind of brings me right into the topic that I wanted to bring up next. The big one. We're going to talk a little bit about VAR. Can we womp womp that? <laughs> oh, I think that was oh. more appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I had my horror button all ready to go because, ah. Uh, I mean, sure, we've all loved when it goes our way, but man, when it doesn't, we're like, what's the point? What's going on? Why do we even have this? Is it even worth it? We have so many questions that go on when we talk about VAR. And VAR, before we get into it, stands for Virtual Assistant Referee. It is basically all this technology grouped into one that is able to help the officials out there. It's basically the fifth official for the games that is able to look at all the camera angles, all the different scenarios, everything that's going on, goal line technology, you know, lines they're drawing, everything to make the best possible play that they can to hopefully make the game as fair as possible. Now, uh. let's remember, every law of the game is still in the opinion of the referee. So VAR is a referee behind a screen. They're the one that gets to sit there and look at all the technology. But all they can do because they are an assistant referee is make an advisal to the center ref. Yes, the center ref is the final word. The center ref, center ref can say, no, I'm not going to go take a look at that. <laughs> Which, man, does that spark some controversy? I don't know how many times. I, we, it's just, it can get crazy in a game when we're just like, 
why wouldn't you look at that? It's almost like they're only given like an allocation of looksies, and they're like, mm, I don't want to waste my looksie on this. I don't understand. Like you have it, why don't you use it? So, you know, they're they're doing this. They're trying to look for those clear and obvious errors. They're looking for those serious. Say that one more time because that is the most important phrase when we talk about VAR. And also and the most confusing. You're over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Oh, it's just, it's already get. Oh, so glad I have wine on this pod right now for this segment alone. Yes. So, but let's get, we're looking for clear and obvious. That's the catchphrase of VAR. Well, clear yeah. And at the, and at the end of the day, this is where it gets a little tricky because you call it on the field this way. VAR has to be clear and obvious that it is or isn't that. And then if they don't call it, like, it, and then they spend like, five oh. minutes reviewing it and it's like look if you spent five minutes reviewing this it wasn't, it wasn't clear, clear and obvious right they should get like a 30 second countdown if you don't know you don't have a definitive answer in yes. 30 seconds then the original call stands yes oh and there yes. should be like a horn that goes off and a <laughs> countdown in the stadium <laughs> would that make it okay. dramatic so can we talk about one thing that's going to be new i don't know if it's all leagues next year but at least I know MLS has agreed to this. Next year, all VAR calls are going to be announced in the stadiums. Just like the World Cup. Just like the World Cup, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Honestly, and you know what else they should do? I mean, before I get run, they should have all referees have to answer for their controversial calls. I want to hear your explanation. I want you to defend your reason. If it was that's what you that's the hill you died on, I want to hear it. Okay. So, but we have a loophole as referees. And we're going to tangent for a second. As we, um, I love, do you, did you call him up before this and chat I with did. him? I, I called all the referees in the world. Are you in a group chat with referees? Do I do. You? She's, I do. A, she's on the pro, hated, the pro ref. It's called most hated people in America. We all would like you to know that your opinion still doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> we don't owe you an explanation because it doesn't matter. Because it's in the opinion of the referee. So your opinion, your thoughts on the match don't matter. And you know what the best yellow card for a referee is? What? Unsportsmanlike behavior. They have a generic yellow card for, I just didn't like that. (laughs) 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 We can just give you a yellow card and say, yeah, it's unsportsmanlike behavior. We even call it USB. There is an acronym for it. You write it down, USB. Yeah. No. Sportsmanship. Yellow card. Bip. Done. Sorry, I don't mean to digress and go backwards. I should have asked this earlier. What are they writing when they write? Oh, yeah. What what do they write? You you have to write down the minute, the player's number, and the offense that occurred. So you're when they open up their little booklet, and I'll bring you guys one. I have them in my closet over here. Of course you do. So I thought I thought he was just like opening it and being like, oh, the taco sounds good. I thought no, he was he- like writing like an angry face meme, like this guy's totally getting sent, like, you know, no, dog poo on his, on his doorstep. Print, it's a printout paper that you get. You buy booklets of these and you stick a new one in each time and you're tracking. So at the top, it's actually a really cool sheet of paper. Mario, I'll give you the graphic. We will post this. So that way everyone can see what's inside the referee's little booklet because it's actually really cool. You write down the date, the time the game started, because sometimes your watch will die and you don't have a stopwatch. So you need to know the exact actual time that something starts. You write who kicked off. So you know who's supposed to kick off in the second half. You write so archaic. I'm so sorry. Who the away team is. You write who the captain of each team is and their number. So you know who you're supposed to talk to on each team. 
And then if there's goals scored or if there's a foul that occurs, you write that down in your book. So you write down the number of the player who scores whenever there's a goal scored. You write down sometimes substitutions, but you also track yellow and red cards. So you'll what? write down the number of the player and what the offense was. Where's don't they just have like a statistician for that stuff? Like every yeah, other sport. There's a, there's a fourth official on the side. They what? do, but the referee also tracks that themselves. So it, let's remember, like not every country is it is as advanced. So the training we give to referees has to be able to transcend countries and VAR abilities. So the training from FIFA is you track this. It's the job of the referee. So you can consult with your assistant referees. You can consult with your fourth official. But what the center, center referee writes down is gold. So they write down, I'm giving a foul to Amanda who's wearing number 12 or 32. And I'm giving it to her for tripping. You write I it down wanna... and that goes into the official log. You need to know why you gave them a card. You have to I'm giving to it to her because she gave me an angry face. <laughs> She's got stupid, stupid hair. Going back to the original tangent, we have as referees this universal term for, you know, I don't want to really explain why I gave you the card. So I'm just going to put down it's unsportsmanlike behavior. I didn't like what you'd said. Your I'm mama gonna, this, your mama that. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to pretend going forward that they write number 10, really smelly breath. <laughs> number four, I didn't like the way his hair was colored. I'm just going to, I just want to pretend. Like. I just want to write, I just want to pretend that they're writing funny things or just like caricatures, like a little stick figure, angry face man. Like, that's yeah. what I want to think. Just because like really, no really simple, like emotional. Stick right. Figure. Something very simple, like not even like professional. Like if you got a hold of the book, you would think that like a kindergartner actually wrote it. That's what I want. There's just, just pre-printed emojis where you just circle the one that you felt like. <laughs> how <laughs> one to ten? How much did this call hurt you? <laughs> I'm still mad at both of you right can, now. Can the fans have that too? <laughs> yes. How much did the ref hurt you in this game? <laughs> All right, so let's go forward real quick. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but I was like, you know, I meant to ask this earlier. Like, what are they writing in there? But now I regret asking that question. <laughs> I like my idea better. All right, let's talk about with VAR. There are only certain things that are reviewable. They can't just go back and just say, I just want to take a look at this, you know, because I can. But we like to think that they should be able to because there are definitely things that we see sometimes with our own eyes where we're like, oh my God, that was so obvious. Like, can't you go back and take a look at that? Because that could have affected everything. But yeah. They can only review the following incidents, uh, goal or no goal, penalty, no penalty, a direct card that is given or missed, and also second yellow cards are not actually reviewable. So uh, a second yellow card that um, does end up being a red is not. So direct red card is somebody who literally they pulled out the card and said, this is you, like there's, there's no yellow before that. And they can go back and VAR that if it was given or if they think something was missed, that is a direct red card, they can go back and review that. Also mistaken identity. If the wrong player is issued a card for a foul, they can go back and review that. However, if a play does not fall into one of the four above categories, it is not eligible for VAR. So that's why sometimes when we're angry yeah, like about things happening and we're <laughs> like, stands, yeah. right, why didn't they review that? Why can't they take a look at it? Well, that's because there are actually rules involved in what you can go back and review. 
which is fine and dandy, but I also wonder why they just so can't. We like, do they run it. out of tape? Is no. Really <laughs> no. It is summarized in the fact that you only review things that could have a direct impact on the outcome of the game. Gives me a direct impact on my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> and you're it's right. Very- in that sense, it can kill a team's momentum. It can advance a team's momentum. So in that sense, yes, mentally it can affect the game. But what VAR has decided and what the Referee Association has decided and what FIFA has decided and what the NWSL has decided is we are only reviewing things that affect the scoreline. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? But But I mean, come on. Clear, I, I still, I'm still hung up on clear and obvious. <laughs> so, okay, well to, well, to move on with those things that are reviewable, how does it work? What is what does it what work? Is it? <laughs> That's another question. <laughs> um, but when they review one of these four things, how does it work? So, here's a step by step process taken directly from NWSL, and they actually have a VAR 101 page. So this is what happens. Referee on the field makes a decision, right? Gives a card, gives a goal, gives a penalty, whatever. VAR begins to check that incident or that occurrence of something, right? As soon as the goal is scored, just know every time a goal is scored, VAR is automatically checking that. If more time is needed, the VAR will, you know, they're in their ear, they're in the center ref's ear by, and they'll be like, hey, we need... A bit more time so that's why you see the the ref kind of delaying the start of the match because once the match starts you've basically lost your chance to var like you you can't go backwards and say oh wait wait you know it took us 10 minutes but we figured it out like no clear and obvious yeah clear and (laughs) uh, obvious clear and obvious yes okay var will be the one that determines the clear and obvious thing and uh, geez I mean, there's been games where there's been like a five minute delay because of VAR. And it's just, if it took that long, it's not clear and obvious. Just move on. That's one of the, one of the arguments against VAR is the, the, you know, you're, you're slowing the game and you're taking the power away from the center ref, the ref who's supposed to be the judge, basically the judge and jury on the field. And um, executioner. And execution. (laughs) But now you have this other official that gets to weigh in. Again, like Nina said, center ref is the last determining factor. Doesn't matter what VAR actually says. If the center ref still doesn't agree with it, they can stick with what they have. So, yeah, it has to be a clear and obvious error for them to turn back a decision. If VAR recommends a review, you'll see the the ref on the field, you'll see them do a little like TV signal, basically like what you would do to your like friends or your spouse or something to be like, you want to watch TV tonight? A little box with your fingers. So you'll see the ref make that little gesture. It's kind of the signal to everybody that, hey, the reason I'm running off the field is I'm going to go check out uh, the VAR. I'm not just ditching He doesn't the have game. to use the restroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pause, pause. The one time they pause, they're like, I got to use the restroom. Yeah, sorry. So they're going off to the side. There is a screen. There's an official VAR monitor where the ref will go and the VAR, wherever they're stationed at, whatever booth they're in, will replay the incident for the center ref to make their decision whether to stick with the call that they originally had or to change their call if it was clear and obvious 
but then you see them, you know, the, the times where you do get to see the, the VAR check, you see them like speed up, slow down. And then you actually, they do a VAR breakdown, not for every play, but for some key plays on the pro ref website, there's a VAR breakdown where you hear them, the conversation between the center ref and the VAR. Mario, oh, you, you, you just hit on Nina. I have a boyfriend. You just hit on Nina. <laughs> you are a married man, sir. I saw what just happened in her when you said that. Oh my god! Oh my god, Jr. The flush. That's a public forum. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know this existed, Nina? No, but I know no? what I'm doing now. <laughs> oh my god! I won't call you for like four hours. Nina was going to nap after this, but no, nope, uh, at least nope, she might nap after. Oh <laughs> Mario, you are a married man. <laughs> I have a boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> eight years together. You're gonna say something like that? Yeah, yeah. And, and guess what? You actually hear the conversation on both sides, and sometimes it's hilarious because you hear them say like, "Play it again, play it again." Now half speed quarter speed why do you need to review something at quarter speed in slow motion to be like was that clear and obvious amanda <laughs> i can't go out tonight <laughs> great our night is ruined nina's staying home with her var she's gonna spend all night reviewing like 2023 oh var decisions send her the I'm, link i'm literally like flushed <laughs> <laughs> wow anyways okay, okay. So, so go for it after the after the ref is looking at the monitor and makes their decision, they will come back out on the field and they will declare their final decision. Usually, you know, it's by hand gesture of like, okay, if the goal was goal, they'll they'll do the goal gesture. If they say they're taking it back, they'll point back towards the goal. You know, you'll you'll see what the referee does or a penalty um, right at the spot. Yeah, when they do that, when they <laughs> when they do the big point in the like they do whistle. the point. Yeah. You think they work on that? You think they stretch beforehand and are like, all right, work on it. And they, they're like, doing it in the mirror at home when I they're mean, sucking you know themselves why? up. You actually get evaluated on the accuracy of your calls and whether or not you're hitting your angles correctly. Angles? There's angles? Yeah, because like, especially with like the assistant referee, like whether it's a straight up flag or 45 <laughs> degrees or straight out. Oh. <laughs> or close to I did to not you. know that. Yeah, there's... I'm going to go away now. <laughs> Your nerd is showing through, Nina. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you get judged on the accuracy and the precision of your signaling. Do they have referee Olympics? I'm leaving you. Oh, God. I, if there were, oh, that'd be amazing. I'm leaving oh, you both. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so Anyways. this is what's supposed to happen in the stadium. I want to say I've been to almost every single match at BMO. And I don't really remember this ever happening. So hopefully this is more of a 2024 thing. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be a graphic on the video screens to indicate there is a VAR check happening. Mm-hmm. That, the, that, that That's why play hasn't started yet. There's a VAR review. And there's supposed to be a description of what's being reviewed. So either a goal, a goal check or offside. a penalty check. Offside's not or, one of the well, no, the goal for offside. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah they're checking, yeah. checking for offside. And I, yeah. I will say, I've seen these graphics that say it says VAR review, review for possible offside, review for possible handball, review for possible. I've definitely seen those in like EPL. EPL, and yeah, I've, yes. I've seen them in the in the the Premier League. I have yes. not 
I can't remember. A Maybe time you guys just don't like refereeing video. enough because I've seen them. <laughs> now, what probably... I do. <laughs> Go ahead. What I do want is the refs to, you know, NFL style, w- the way we, they were doing it in the World Cup was just announce it verbally. Like, yeah. Uh, reviewing, yeah, reviewing for offside. My decision stands. Keep going or, you know, whatever. But like it, it just it's frustrating when you're a fan in the stadium and you like now you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad yeah. that's going to change for this upcoming season, at least for the MLS. I don't know why that would be so different. I mean, if the Women's World Cup really kind of like spearheaded that, I don't know why that can't trickle down to the NWL. So kind of curious to see where mm-hmm. that does go, because it would be nice. I mean, I do. I I mean, yeah, I, I love that with with NFL. I mean, when they're like, you know, hey, number number 40, you know, offside, five yard penalty. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So oh, I, VAR. Oh, geez. Okay. So I did have a question of what everyone's opinions on it was, but I'm pretty sure we got all of our opinions throughout the, <laughs> this explainer. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think with anything out there, especially technology in general, when it works and it's good and it's advantageous to yourself, we love it. We couldn't live without it. We don't know how we lived our lives ever before it. But when it messes up and it starts like not working or it doesn't go the way you want it to, then you're like, throw the whole thing away. We can do this without you. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just I think it's it's wishy washy. It, it's it's definitely one way or the other. I mean, I, I, I can't say I'm all in or all out. I think that definitely has helped us in the past. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Do I see, you know, where there definitely needs to be some improvements, where there need to be some tweaking of things? I mean, absolutely. But it is very new technology. And with anything that's new, it's ever evolving. And I feel like if going forward, we continue to see improvements, we continue to see things getting better, then I think I'm okay with that at the end of the day. I I will say that, that, so I'm, I'm okay with VAR, like you said, when it's worked. Mm-hmm. There's been times where you just kind of question why is it even there? Not that they got the call wrong or anything. It's just like it killed the game for so long. It's, you know, sure. it's one of the reasons why we don't stop the clock is to keep the flow of the game. Yet right. you kill the the this, this thing because you're trying to make a call on a on a play. Momentum. Um, yeah. Momentum. That's the word of the day on these pods today. <laughs> We're momentum. And so with all of that, I, there's a couple things that, you know, if we're going to Americanize everything, right. If we're going to have to be like, this is soccer America and, (laughs) and we do playoffs and uh, we change rules for no reason. um, There's a couple things that I would say, let's introduce like, like a, a review clock, basically. Like if it's not clear and obvious within a set amount of time, like give them like a minute, right. If it's not a clear and obvious and you have to do this, like, one quarter speed review of something and be like, no, it's not clear and obvious. You're, you're being, you're being too far too technical about what has happened to the point where, yes, of course, if you're reviewing it at that slow of a speed, it will look different. But when you play it at regular speed, when you play it at how it happened, it has a completely different look and feel and outcome. So yeah. I do want to, I would like to borrow something from Major League Baseball, which is how coaches have 
like they they have like a review pass basically to say i want you to review something that does not qualify as a var review because i think you guys got this wrong and i do believe it's still this way in, in the mlb is if you review it and it goes your way then you keep you basically keep your little token yeah right like and you then, did their job for them, so you should. Ooh, I like realize. this. Yeah, but if you if you say, "Hey, that was totally a foul, a red card," I want you to review this, and they review it, and they're like, "Yeah, no, it wasn't." Then Lose you've it. lost you've lost your coach review, right? And basically saying like you get one of those like for the game. I like, like this so, a lot. Well, I mean, that's what NFL does. The NFL does that, but do, do, can they only do it on reviewable things? Is that the way they work? Yeah, there's only certain plays that are reviewable in baseball. So yes. with with the MASL, the Indoor Soccer League, we just started this last season where each coach had a challenge flag and they could challenge something that was not typically like a reviewable thing. There are certain things they won't review, like common fouls and stuff like that. But there are things that they can go back and review and like the way a ball was restarted, like if they didn't think it was correct, they could go back and look at that and determine if it was. But the problem with the way they do it is you challenge, you lose it. So you have to be technical and it doesn't matter if they won the challenge or not, they still lose it. So if you challenge something early on and then a big play comes up later that you're like, Oh man. Yeah. But I don't think they should be penalized for challenging something and getting it right. I feel like they, you know, we just did your job for you. I, I don't think you should be pe- like chat, like penalized for that, but I do like that. I would love to see maybe that creep into the, uh, the soccer world. That could be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like the crossover. Hey, Nina, I have a question for you. Answer me this. If you are fans no, tonight, <laughs> don't be on the you... VAR website. <laughs> If you are a midfielder, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're center. It, it doesn't have to be defensive. It doesn't have to be. I don't know. I, any midfielder. I mean, it could probably be a forward too. But if they're wearing gloves, how attractive are they to you? Oh, ten out of ten, especially if it's with short sleeves. Oh, oh, <laughs> and, uh, I know. Telling the world my secrets. <laughs> yep. I, I feel like I feel like this was a previously known knowledge that you were just like, I gotta say. Oh, that. it is. <laughs> Nina has this thing where she is obsessed with basically field players, More not man. goalies, field players that are running around in an environment where it's a little chilly. So they're still in their their short sleeves and the shorts, you know, and everything is good, but they have to wear gloves to be warm. All of a sudden, they become a 10 out of 10 for her, regardless of any other factor. Now, do the gloves have to match? Do they have to, like, be coordinated? I think black black gloves. Black Black gloves. gloves. She said it with me. I know. I know. (laughs) And I... There are. I feel like there are notoriously players out there that embody this. Aguero. And, and Sergio Aguero is one of them who always has gloves on. And I don't know if that just makes them very sensitive or what, but I just thought I would ask Nina that last. I blushed twice on this podcast now. <laughs> she loves gloves and stats, guys. Come on. <laughs> There's a quick way to my heart. There you go. You now you to- all know. If you need to get something for Christmas for Nina, you get her a stats book and some gloves. Mm-hmm. A picture no. of someone wearing them who's playing a picture soccer. Of exactly. <laughs> Pictures. Yes, that's it. Uh, that's all. All right. Sorry, I had to throw that last one in there. I thought it was appropriate considering the 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 angle we were taking. I would say though, like defenders with gloves is probably better than a forward with gloves. Like position matters, doesn't it? 
<laughs> and with that, thank you for joining us on all of this. And if there's anything else you ever want us to explain, we will invite the Angel City Chicks back, especially we Nina, to give us <laughs> to give us the breakdown, the laws of the game, because as our name implies, Angela and I are casuals. There's a lot of things we still need to learn. <laughs> Oh, and panda, panda might be in our in our in our boat uh, yeah. here. I'm like, certainly there's a lot of, of stuff that. we. I'm learning we so learn. much. I'll probably only know a little bit more at the end of the day because I do a podcast with Nina. So by default, I have absorbed some of her knowledge, and uh, I'm very thankful for that. So. No, I think every level of soccer fandom knowledge is important. You know, we all start our journey on the soccer deep dive somewhere and, you know, where some people deep dive into players and teams. I deep dive into nerd stuff. I love me some stats. I love the laws of the game. So and we <laughs> love that you love it. Important. <laughs> that is not a book I want to read. So thank you for Nina's version of all of that. I really appreciate it. And I'm and sure I everyone out get it there every year. Thank you. <laughs> I, every day is Christmas with you, Nina. Aww. <laughs> Make you blush three times. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. All right. Well, thank you for having us on so much. This has been such a blast. Hopefully we do this again. I hope to hear everybody's thoughts on this. And, and if there's anything they would like to see us collab on in the future, that would be a lot of fun. Yes. I mean, yeah, I thought it went really well. And like, Let us know. We, yeah, we're going to, I want to post tease something right now because we've already put out the invitation. Angela is going to be attending the NWSL draft where Panda and I are at the soccer convention in Anaheim, which is going to happen, you know, three days from recording time right now. So <laughs> this will be long before this yeah. episode actually airs. But there is definitely more cross-potting to happen and occur and be launched. And we are just so happy that our Angel City pod fam is growing so yeah. immensely. You know, it's all about supporting each other. And I think that's one of the amazing things, especially with when women's soccer is this community you know we yes. all care and love for each other and we want to see each other grow and be successful and i just love that we get to do this yeah <laughs> absolutely it's fun. it's fun so thank you both of you for being here and we will catch everyone on the next one and sounds good cut to cut to the other stuff and there we go hey. thank you both so if you've been listening to us this long hopefully you like what you hear so you know Give us a follow. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find your favorite podcast streams. Check out casualfc.com and it will give you everything. We like to say that I've just checked box every single thing that was on there. So there's places where you can get the podcast that I don't even know it actually, it's, it actually is. Follow us on our socials on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, at casualfcpod. And also follow the Angel City Chicks. That's right. At Angel City Chicks on all those platforms as well, primarily Instagram. Find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you subscribe. Angel City Chicks, also angelcitychicks.com. There you yeah, go. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube so you get the alerts when we go live because we like to be a little unhinged and just hit live and see what happens. And sometimes <laughs> you get you get chaos. Sometimes you get magic. You never know. So definitely subscribe to that. <laughs> yes, the Angel City Chicks 
do have a live uh, YouTube uh, show. We have our little pre-recorded. We don't like showing our faces, but the lovely Nina and Panda are on YouTube and, you know, join one of their lives, interact with them, chat with them. They respond to things and, and love hearing feedback. So please go check them out, hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, go over to Casual FC and subscribe. You're, you're probably listening to our podcast somewhere else, but just tell Google you like us. <laughs> Do me a favor and tell a friend about the pod. Tell a friend about each one of these pods. It brings good luck to the team and we will push that good luck onto 2024 and make sure we try to conquer Gotham FC or US oh. Women's <laughs> National Team FC. And also, if you feel so inclined, help support the pod by buying us a coffee. Check out our link on our socials or buymeacoffee.com slash casualfcpod. By buying me a coffee, it's basically, we have a, it's like a Patreon, but we don't have enough content for your Patreon. So just buy us a coffee or check out shop.casualfc.com for merch because we have stupid ideas that come up all the time. Amazing ideas. <laughs> Is there a buymeawine.com forward slash Angel City Chicks out there? No, but I now I mean, make you it. can make it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Pina. Sorry, I, I, I'm sleeping on this apparently. She's, she's already on it, guys. Don't worry. Typing, typing, typing. <laughs> so with oh. all of that, thank you and catch you on the next pod, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.